Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Bush Stadium in St. Louis. To be honest, I don't know what the final is yet because once again, I have a crazy work week and I am actually recording this podcast in the bottom of the ninth inning. There is one out and Sandlin has a 1-1 count on Thomas and uh, throws him a slider for strike two. There's one out in the bottom of the ninth inning, and the Indians are currently leading 10-1. to I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And, uh, oh, he gets a fastball on the outside corner for strike three, called two down in the bottom of the ninth now for Sandlin. You know, when I decided to do this podcast, I wasn't anticipating 8-15 starts in St. Louis uh, when I had to be up at 5 a.m. the next morning. So uh, this is not working out for me well this week. So we're going to do a live podcast here in the bottom of the ninth inning, two down now. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the storylines as Sandlin puts a slider across for strike one on the leadoff hitter, Tommy Edmond, who's 0 for 4 today and grounded out in his last at-bat. Uh, the storylines today, the Indians' offense just went off, and Edmund pops one to center field. Zimmer is under it, makes the catch, and that is the ball game. Now we have a final 10-1, and uh, the Indians' offense just went off in this one. What a difference a day makes, right? They leave Baltimore, they get to St. Louis. Maybe the hotel in St. Louis is nicer, the beds are comfier, the food's better. Who knows what it is? But the Indians offense came to play today and came to support Shane Bieber, which is a nice change of pace. And uh, really the top of the lineup, getting it going in the, in the first inning and the third inning. They put two runs across in the first. They put three runs across in the third. And then once Bieber gets out of the fourth inning, it, this game was pretty much in hand for the Cleveland Indians. And uh, how did they do it in the first inning? Well, Ahmed Rosario using his speed once again after Cesar Hernandez walks on, I believe, a full count. Ahmed Rosario comes up and cracks a triple into the left center field corner. 93.6 mile per hour exit velocity. Only had an expected batting average of 230, but was perfectly in the gap. Goes to the wall, and he was cooking around second base. There was no way he was not getting a triple out of that one. The throw goes home, so he doesn't have to worry about that at third with an easy pop-up slide at third. Yeah, a walk and a triple to start the game. Pretty fun way to start the game. And then Jose Ramirez grounds out to first base, but again, Ahmed Rosario's speed. He's the kind of runner that he is going on contact. He was not worried about that. I mean, of all the infielders to hit the ball to, that's the easiest one to make a play at the plate, right? But it doesn't matter. Ahmed Rosario was that quick off the bat. So he scores the second run. Jose Ramirez adds his first RBI, but he would not be done. All right, in that third inning, uh, Cesar Hernandez once again starts the inning with a single. Ahmed Rosario follows it up with a single. And then someone decided it would be a good idea, uh, specifically Carlos Martinez decided it would be a good idea, to throw... Jose Ramirez, a low inside fastball, and Jose Ramirez not only made the ball jump out of the park, he made Carlos Martinez's ERA jump over six now after lasting only four innings in this game. He puts a 
big home run out to the seats in right field. 106 mile per hour exit velocity, 424 feet uh, into those seats in right field. And, uh, I mean, the Indians were just just rolling at that point. Uh, he would go on, Martinez would go on to strike out the side. He would strike out Rosario, Bradley, give up singles to Naylor and Hedges before finally striking out Zimmer to get out of that inning. But five runs would be more than enough for, with Shane Bieber on the mound. Now, things get a little crazy for Shane Bieber in this uh, fourth inning. Before I get there, one more comment about that third. Jose Ramirez's home run just before he hits it. The TV broadcast, if you didn't get a chance to watch, if you you know, had to watch the highlights or listen to the radio broadcast, they put up a graphic that showed that like since the start of the 2020 season, like I, I was something like 90% of the home runs Jose Ramirez hits have come in wins. And in all his RBIs have come in win in the games the Indians have won since the start of the 2020 season. It's insane how much the Indians offense and the Indians team wins and loses, lives and dies by Jose Ramirez's bat. And he did not disappoint. That three-run home run gave him four RBIs already, and it was only the third inning. So anyways, uh, yeah, the offense was absolutely cooking, especially the top of the lineup. We get into this fourth inning, and he does the hard work. He deals with Goldschmidt and Arenado. I mean, as far as a 3-4 punch go, Goldschmidt and Arenado, it, it doesn't get much better than that, you know, as on paper. They're having okay seasons. Goldschmidt's having an okay season, 251 batting average with a 724 OPS. Arenado is having a good season, 282 batting average, 841 OPS. So, I mean, that is all the money in the St. Louis lineup. That is the heart of the lineup. And he gets a flyout and a strikeout. Then he then something happens and he just loses it. He just absolutely falls apart and uh, walks Tyler O'Neill, I believe, on four straight pitches. Hits Matt Carpenter on a foot, trying to drop a curveball down and in on him. Gives up a single to Edmund Sosa. Uh, then walks Andrew Neiser. Uh, and then eventually gets a force out of John Nogowski. Uh, ground out to the left side to get out of the inning. But three guys were let on base by Shane Bieber, basically by the free pass, right? A walk, a hit by pitch, and a walk. Now, the single by Sosa brings in their one run, brings in Tyler O'Neill to score. And uh, after walking Neiser, you, I mean, you honestly felt like maybe Shane Bieber would not be able to find the strike zone again. Like, maybe they would have to take him out. Well, he ends up going two more innings after this and said definitely, definitely settles down. So it was a situation where I think he just had to get off the mound in that inning. But he throws... 25 pitches in that inning. Uh, one, two, three, four, five are called strikes. Only two swinging strikes in that inning. Only one foul ball. He threw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of the 25 pitches were balls. Uh, oh, sorry, balls in the dirt. So 14 of the 25 pitches were balls. Uh, then a couple that were hit in, you know, obviously hit in play. Um, so yeah, so not a good inning for Shane Bieber. I mean, he's missing 
down and uh, away with that curve ball and with that slider. I mean, really throwing it in the dirt bad. And then he's just missing up and away with that fastball. I mean, fastball is way above the hitter's heads. Uh, fastball is he's trying to get at the top of the zone. The ump was not giving him the top of the zone in this game. And, uh, yeah, it's just it was amazing that he just completely loses the strike zone in the fourth inning. In the fifth inning, much better. Much better locating in the zone here. Uh, gets a lot more called strikes. Gets a couple of foul balls in the middle of the zone. Gets some in-play outs. So, yeah, he only throws five balls. Well, he, he throws 14 pitches in the inning, but he only throws five balls in that fifth inning. So a much, much better inning. Then in the sixth inning, he only throws two balls out of 12 pitches in the sixth inning. Gets a lot of called strikes, one at the top, one on the outside edge, two at the bottom of the plate. Uh, does give up a hit in that inning, but yeah. Much, much better inning. To go from that 25-pitch inning to a 14- and a 12-pitch inning, that is a big deal to really settle down. Bieber's final line on the day is six innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, two walks, and five strikeouts, and that hit batter. So it actually turns out not to be a terrible line. It's not the dominant line we're used to seeing from Shane Bieber. It's not double-digit strikeouts. These walks and these long innings do make it hard for him to go deep into games. He was hard hit a bunch. The Indians were hard hit 11 times on the day. Shane Bieber was hard hit nine of those times. So uh, he, they, he was making some loud outs out there, but did enough to get the Indians the win. I mean, outside of that fourth inning, he was pretty darn good. And uh, yeah, the Indians offense finally gave him some support. Some things... Uh, you know, some things to work with here. We had one, two, three, four, five guys have multi-hit games. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Eddie Rosario all had three hit games. Naylor and Austin Hedges both had two hit games. So that's big. That is big that the offense could do that for Shane Bieber. So they score again in the sixth inning. Uh, this time for the Indians, it starts with an Austin Hedges walk. Then Bradley Zimmer is hit by the pitch. Shane Bieber actually has a big offensive play here in the sixth inning. I mean, at this point, it's a 5-1 to one game. St. Louis probably doesn't feel completely out of it yet. But Austin Hedges uh, at second, Bradley Zimmer at first. Shane Bieber, you know, at first he's looking like he's showing bunt, but then, you know, the pitcher is wild, so he decides to uh, swing away. He grounds to short. But he grounded so... Well, they don't have the exit velocity on this. That's very bizarre. It was such a weakly hit ball that they get Zimmer at second, but Shane Bieber actually beats the throw out at first base, uh, which is huge, huge that he's not doubled up there. I mean, that's why you have the pitcher bunt, so you don't hit into a double play. And then he's able to get that runner over to third and be safe at first base. And a runner at third... Less than two outs, there are tons of ways for that guy to come in and score. We saw it in the first inning where Ahmed Rosario is on third base with nobody out, and he's able to come in on a ground out on a fielder's choice. And then uh, here, Cesar Hernandez hits a nice sack fly to left field and brings in Austin Hedges to score. So that's how we scratch across uh, the next run in that sixth inning. 
That's a really good inning to manufacture a run from the bottom of the lineup, turning things over to the top of the lineup. That's huge. That, you know, obviously this game ends up being a blowout, but there will come a time in this season where we will need a run like this. And uh, if these guys can continue to manufacture like that from the bottom of the lineup, that will win a game one day. That will absolutely win a couple of games this season if they can keep doing that. All right. And then, uh, just for fun, in the ninth inning, everybody's hitting. Ahmed Rosario starts things off with a single. Jose Ramirez then follows that up with a double. Eddie Rosario follows that up with a single up the middle, scores both runs, his two RBIs on the day. Up until that point, they had been wasting Eddie Rosario hits. Uh, He finally has something else on the scoreboard besides three hits. He puts two RBIs across in the ninth inning. Bobby Bradley hits into a force out. Eddie Rosario's out at second. He's safe at first. Josh Naylor then doubles. After an Austin Hedges strikeout, Bradley Zimmer's able to single and bring in both runs. A nice single up in the middle, just like Eddie Rosario did. And then Yu Chang strikes out to end the threat. So, one, two, three, four, five hits in that ninth inning lead to four more runs. And uh, at that point, it's pretty much over. So, the Indians' bullpen come in. They do their job. Shaw goes a nice clean inning. Classe does give up a walk and a hit, but has three strikeouts, which is actually pretty impressive from Classe. Through a lot of the hard cutters today. And then Sandlin has a nice ninth inning with two strikeouts to end the game. I like Sandlin pitching in late in the game. I know this wasn't a high leverage situation, but I like that he's going to Sandlin late in games because Sandlin's pretty good. Pretty darn good. I think of all the rookies that have been called up so far this season, Sandlin probably has the best chance of sticking all season, not having to go down to AAA, retool, bring it back up. We're going to see that. We're going to see that churn. We're going to see that cycle. Uh, I think on the Selby's Godcast they were talking about, Sam Hench is probably going back down, working on some things. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if Owen Miller has to spend a little more time down there working on some things. Uh, Yu Chang seems like he's here just because he's been in the organization so long. What else is there for him to do in the minor leagues? But any of these guys that still have options, I can see them cycling down, getting a little work in, and coming back up. But not Sandlin. Sandlin seems like he is locked in here. So that was your game. Uh, We got to face Carlos Martinez, once a very dominant pitcher for them, uh, who's not having a great season. We got to face our old friend, Andrew Miller, uh, who will always be respected here in Cleveland for what he did in 2016 and those mid-teen postseason runs for the Cleveland Indians. Um, Yeah, it was a a fun game if you're an Indians fan. We put it across 10 runs on 15 hits. Uh, The offense does not have days like this very often. We'll see if they can bring it back again tomorrow against... um, The veteran, the crafty veteran, and I'm totally stalling right here, Adam Wainwright, who's going up against Mejia, right? So this should be a very interesting matchup. When we faced Wainwright last year, he had one of the best games of his late career, the late half of his career. So will Wainwright be able to repeat that performance against Cleveland again, or is this a new Cleveland team, a re-energized offense, and are we going to get a little revenge against Adam Wainwright? So going to be a fun one going to be another late one. I'll probably podcast through the ninth inning again for that one. 
Um, I didn't realize Sandlin would mow them down so quickly. I thought I'd have a little more time to talk about the bottom of the ninth, but Sandlin just tore right through him. He Nine pitches. He got through it. Two strikeouts, three outs on nine pitches. So he tore right through him. MVP for the day. Got to go with Jose Ramirez. Like I said, they threw up that graphic that showed that basically when Jose Ramirez gets a little bit going offensively, the Indians have a good chance to win. And it was exactly the situation here. A double, a home run, three hits, two runs scored, and four RBIs. Jose Ramirez, he's got his OPS just under 900. He's at 899 right now. It is going to get up to 900. I could feel it. Jose Ramirez, MVP for the day. All right. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. I know it's not the typical. Actually, thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball nightly because I'm doing this at night after the game ends. I know it's not the typical deep dive analysis, but hey, the alarm's going off at 5 a.m. You can't blame me here on this one. All right. That's all my thoughts. We'll be back tomorrow, probably in the ninth inning, to talk about Mejia versus Wainwright. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Oh,